This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. If you're looking to buy a home, maybe refinance, you want a mortgage professional on your side when dealing with the banks. And our guest this afternoon is that person, Angela Calla. And she has got uh, a really interesting look at the fall housing market in BC. Seven things that we should all keep in mind about this housing market. And she's also got some really valuable advice for people who uh, maybe want to get in to the market and they feel it's completely out of reach. Uh, well, if you talk to Angela, it is not. She is uh, she's quite inspiring and we'll talk to her. But first, some of the consumer news headlines from the past week. Earlier this week, the BC government announced their plans for the so-called vaccine passport. Basically, people will soon have to show proof of vaccination if they want to get into sports events or restaurants. While the response has been mixed with businesses, it definitely seems to be helping when it comes to encouraging people to step up and get vaccinated. Daily registrations to get the jab have nearly doubled compared to last week, according to the Ministry of Health. Uh, People under 40 have been booking appointments at more than twice the rate they were last week. This significant increase comes as BC struggles to contain a fourth wave of the pandemic. More than 80% of new cases and hospitalizations since uh, August 10th have been among those who are not fully vaccinated. One of the big issues on the federal campaign trail leading up to next month's election is affordability. And along with high housing costs, one of the affordability issues that many of us relate to is the cost of our cell phones and internet service. On the campaign trail this week, Jagmeet Singh talked about the high costs we pay for cell and internet compared to the rest of the world. Singh says his plan would save the average family $1,000 a year. And he points out that Justin Trudeau made that same promise in the 2019 election. And according to the Consumer website, we pay, for example, 170% more than Australians do for a typical cell phone plan, 20% more than Americans who also pay some of the highest fees in the world. And with all the images that we're seeing of Afghanistan, all those people trying to get out, it's hard to believe that there are people in Afghanistan working to try to rescue dogs and cats. The Kabul Small Animal Rescue has been working around the clock to try to get a cargo plane and airlift more than 200 dogs and cats, along with the rescue organization's staff and their families, out of the capital safely. These are animals that have been left behind by the thousands, people who have already fled, and they have to get them out before the deadline of this Tuesday. And because it's the pets of people fleeing, they're no friend of the Taliban, which has paid visits to the clinic and made threats. And all those people fleeing have left with basically just what's on their backs and they've had to leave behind their pets. And with the scope of that human rights tragedy, it it sort of seems like the priority might not be pets, animals, cats and dogs, but still it's no less heartbreaking 
to have to leave behind your pet. And the PNE is on now, but don't bother counting calories if you're planning to enjoy some of the food at the fair. Whether you're craving sweet or savory, there's a lot of food there. Some of 2021's participating concessionaires include Sin City Donuts, Summerland Soft Serve, Real Mac and Cheese, and more. And in case you were worried, food vendors include Jimmy's Lunch which has been at the historic site for over 90 years, 1929 to be exact, says Griffin Parson, who is Jimmy's great-grandson. And in addition to some fair favorites, there are several options if you're trying to be a little healthier. Vegetarian and vegan foods are available, including Beyond Burgers at two outlets and The Plant Butcher. The owner of The Plant Butcher says healthy is maybe not the term they'd use, because there's probably got lots of great f- stuff on it. It's still a sustainable alternative. This is Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong. And coming up, if you're in the market to borrow some money, whatever it's for, to buy a home, refinance, whatever, my next guest will tell you how to do it right. And that could save you some money. And also, she's got some great ideas on what the fall housing market is going to look like. So stay tuned on Vancouver Consumer, because up next... Mortgage Pro, Angela Calla, is coming up. I'm Martin Strong. Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong. And if you're looking to buy a new home or refinance, you want a mortgage professional on your side with, when dealing with the banks. And who else are you going to call but Angela Calla, accredited mortgage professional, host of The Mortgage Show on CKNW, which you'll hear tonight at 7 o'clock, and the best-selling author of The Mortgage Code. Hello, Angela. Always a pleasure. Oh, good afternoon. Great to be here, Martin. All right. Well, let's let's get right to it. Let's uh, let's talk about this housing market <laughs> because the last year and a half has been, let's just say, uh, insane. Would you agree? I would agree. And uh, we know that entering into the next season, it's going to be full of optimism. And we put together about seven things that people should really keep in mind moving forward. Yeah, this is the seven seven things to keep in mind this fall real estate season. And uh, and this is all stuff on your, like, this is a blog that people can go to on your website, angelacalla.ca, which is a great resource. Yes, yes, it is. We keep you posted of all things market-related and mortgage-related and, and always here to guide you through with clarity. So what do you think? I mean, uh, are we in for more strangeness, more weirdness in the market, or, or are things finally going to settle down? Well, on my end, all I see is more opportunity coming to the marketplace with more lenders to try to fill in the gaps with what we're dealing with today. I mean, the first topic on our seven things to keep in mind is that we continue to see and will continue to see a hot pre-sale market. And the reason why we are seeing the demand for this right now is it's incredibly attractive to young buyers. It's perfect for young buyers who are living at home and are saving up a down payment to own their own homes. And I can tell you that from experience. That's exactly how I got into the real estate market at the young age of 20. I started saving when I was 15 years old each and every month, and I bought a pre-sale while I was still living at home with my parents. Wow, that, that is so Angela Calla. starting at 15 years old you must have they they should have made a little sitcom about you because you probably were were you just obsessed with real estate or or was it more the idea of having your own home 
you know, it was just, it was a real uh, cultural um, thing. I was an only child, and every day at the dinner table, my you know, my parents shared how they bought their first place and how they lived at home and saved their money. And when they moved out, they bought and they used the money that they saved while living at home. And, you know, the families all worked together. So it's part of a part of the immigration story, really, how both of my grandparents came to this country and lived in rooming houses all together until they could each save enough to go in their own direction. And it was just, um, we're all a circumstance of what we surround ourselves with and what we know. And in my family, that's just how things were done. I wasn't going to move out to rent because the family goal was that I was going to go to school, do the best I could. And I worked, you know, from four to nine and on the weekends. So with that, I was going to use time and compounding interest to my advantage and save my money while my while my parents were working together with me on my team, really, to help me save that money and not charge me rent. But in turn, I utilized that to buy a pre-sale where I could lock in my price today, but it wouldn't complete for a few years. So it gave me more time to save more money each and every month and also make sure that my income was where I needed it to be to be able to qualify for the mortgage. Mm-hmm. That's that's that a lovely story. So if you're like Angela, you're young and you, you want to buy your own home, uh, start saving and think about the pre-sale market. And that is number one on the seven things to keep in mind about the BC's fall housing market is a hot pre-sale market. So number two is, is something that we've been dealing with all through the pandemic. It's all about supply. How many houses are there to buy? Yeah, we will continue to see that. It's a major issue because our current policies make it so difficult for developers to build faster. So while, you know, we have an election upcoming and while we're trying to look at this federally, we also really need to take a look at this um, uh, on the municipal level and really move things along. The banks for decades and their economists and ever since I've been in business for 17 years, we've always discussed that the most difficult part about building is the length of time and how many costs can change and economic factors. So I feel that while there are several ideas in order to look at things federally, I really feel that uh, modernizing and moving through the development process a lot faster will really be the key, but we're going to continue to see um, demand will continue to outpace supply without question. Right. Low inventory, as the real estate agents call it. Not mm-hmm. a l- it takes up to three years to complete a development yeah. from, from beginning to finish. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, yeah, they're just scrambling to build these things. So that's number two. Number three, uh, it's all about the interest rate, something you know very well. Yes, I mean, low interest rates will indeed continue to fuel demand as it's a great incentive. I mean, right now, it's incredible. You're getting, every time you make a mortgage payment, you're literally investing in yourself. And half of the payment that you're making on average is going directly into building your own equity. And as it stands today, that's still the only investment that you won't pay taxes on. Hopefully that will continue. 
And with that in mind as well, um, we are really looking at a word that you can expect to hear um, over the next little while is inflation. And our inflation is higher than it has been in the last two decades up this last quarter. So I think that when people see inflation, we're used to inflation equating to interest rates going up a little bit. The Bank of Canada has committed to keep rates low within 2022. But one thing that they, consumers really need to pay attention to is although the Bank of Canada might not make a change, we could see a change in the bond market to increase interest rates, let's say 25 basis points up to a half a percent. So really getting comfortable with the mortgage that you have and your overall financial plan will really be important because as we're listening to this right right now, Martin, I wonder how many people are listening to the show right now that have never had a mortgage over 5%. Mm-hmm. And we actually have a inflation hedge strategy that we implement with all the mortgages that we do. Of course, it has to be followed and done by the consumer, but it's a strategy that we present which shows you how to make small little increases to your mortgage payment that regardless of what happens with interest rates you won't have it you won't have what's called payment shock by your outstanding balance and your payment being higher because you will have paid down more of your mortgage right. so and again, if interest rates don't go up, that doesn't matter because you're the one who benefited from it and your mortgage is getting paid down and it opens up all kinds of opportunities for you. But most importantly, when people hear the word inflation, um, you know, we, we need to be cautious about this, make a decision that you feel very secure with and ensure that you have the proper financial plan in place. I don't think we're going to see anything significant, but at one point we are going to have to raise interest rates. So just being prepared for exactly what that means to you and how you're going to hedge inflation coming up to ensure you don't have payment shock should be a top priority for any Canadian with a mortgage. Right. Uh, while always remembering that uh, it is an opportunity at the moment with these low interest rates to really take a bite out of your mortgage, but also being aware that down the road, uh, there may be some sticker shock. A tiny bit. And again, you know, that proactive mortgage management of continuing to review it, continuing to make slight adjustments to payment to modify and stay ahead of inflation and ensuring that, you know, your cash flow is being utilized properly and that you're not overpaying for loans and cars and all kinds of lines of credit and credit cards outside of the mortgage will really contribute to you improving your cash flow and building and protecting your wealth accordingly. We're talking to Angela Calla on Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong, and it's uh, BC's fall housing market. We're talking about the seven things that Angela thinks we should all keep in mind. And uh, number four is something that I've been hearing the uh, prime ministerial candidates talk about. Mm -hmm. uh, Outsiders coming in to buy homes. Yeah, it's definitely going to be competition from um, expatriates. It's a hot issue, and it'll continue throughout this fall. And it's a vital topic in politics with elections coming up. Now, each party has uh, a response to how they're going to handle foreign buyers. And um, with that in mind, we need to consider that regardless of whatever we implement, we are still a world... um, a, a, the best, one of the best places 
to live in the world. And with that in mind, implementing taxes just won't matter to some people. And, um, you know, when you look at the house prices of Hong Kong and the quality of living there compared to British Columbia, I think that people around the world really seek to uh, find a way to invest here and to live here. So um, our problem has always been supply, and until we can really address that, and I think until we can address some, you know, regional solutions and we look at how we're going to help people that do move here and where we can actually provide them housing, um, that's when we're going to get to the root of the problem. But I have all three platforms um, regarding that issue on the blog post as well. Right. And, you know, politicians have been, you know, threatening to to ban foreign buyers for two years. I think that was a conservative platform, uh, as well as all the taxes, the empty homes tax. But a lot of people, uh, a lot of experts are saying it just won't make much of a dent in house prices. Well, I mean, look at where we're at right now. We haven't had a single foreign buyer in the last uh, 18 months, I'd say. Well, not I shouldn't say single, but I think if we just take a broader look, I mean, we haven't had a lot of foreign investment in the last two years, and that still hasn't helped uh, prices come down at all. So really, it's, it's supply, and the thing is, is even if we tax them, that you know, where that money goes is really, really the issue. So, you know, I think we need to look at, we're in a deficit. If you speak with all the economists at all the banks and and we look really at the root of the problem, we're in a deficit for what we've got to house uh, Canadians in general right now. So this only exasperates that. Right. We're talking to Alan Angela Calla, BC's fall housing market and the seven things to keep in mind. And, uh, they all so far have been uh, sort of supporting the idea that uh, house prices are not going south anytime soon. I'm imag- I, I guess that's the sort of overall theme. It is. I mean, I can't see a circumstance where house prices could possibly go down. Right. I can't. We've had a financial crisis. We've had a health crisis. People want to live here. They want to have security. And there's just we can't build fast enough for the amount of people that we have in demand. Right. And that brings us to number five, which is uh, uh, another reason uh, you say a new wave of renters and buyers could enter the market. Absolutely. I mean, those who are immigrating into the country and those who are of a generational age that are ready to rent and purchase homes this fall, I mean, we're getting ready to welcome 400,000 immigrants per year with a total of 1.2 million people as the goal was set out by the government. And that increase in renters will encourage investors to continue to invest in our cities, which will create a busier overall market. And so, you know, that data alone just says, what are we going to do to help support the people that want to live here. Mm-hmm. Well, let's uh, take a break. And when we come back with Angela Calla, uh, we will uh, hear the final two things to keep in mind. We'll also recap the seven things to keep in mind. It's all about the, BC, uh, the, the fall housing market in BC. And if anybody knows, uh, or, you know, I don't think, Angela, you, you are saying you're predicting anything, but these are sort of factors that will likely come to fruition and uh, it probably means that the market is very strong and we will hear more from Angela Calla when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. 
Welcome back. It's Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong, and uh, we're talking about the fall housing market with Angela Calla. You know Angela Calla, an accredited mortgage professional, and you know her because she's the host of The Mortgage Show on CKNW. Every Saturday night, she'll be on the air tonight at 7 o'clock. She's also the best-selling author of The Mortgage Code. And uh, we've been talking about the fall housing market and the seven things to keep in mind. Uh, We can recap. Number one, a hot pre-sale market. You mentioned that's a great way for young people to to get into the market. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And number two, demand should continue to outpace supply. That is something that has been going on for the last year and a half. There's just not enough stuff to buy and developers are desperately trying to keep up with demand. Number four, or number three is low interest rates will continue to fuel demand. And you had some great advice about always keeping an eye, even though you take advantage of these historically low interest rates, you, you all always want people to keep an eye out for the future, what's happening, right? Absolutely. You know, the proactive management of anything. I mean, you know, Martin, think about it. Not, no one would put tens of thousands of dollars in the stock market and never pay attention to it. So the same goes with a mortgage. You know, you need to monitor it and ensure that the strategy that you put in place is still applicable for where you're at today, not only in the market in terms of the landscape of interest rates and the global economy, but also within your own personal household, in your own relationships and with your own goals and with your income alignment and what you want to accomplish. And the biggest thing that you want to ensure is that you're not going over a nine-month period of time holding loans outside your mortgage that you could consolidate into your mortgage to free up cash flow so you can become financially independent and not reliant on loans. Right. And that's, you know, that's something that you want to talk to Angela Calla about. <laughs> if you are, if you have debts all over the place, you might want to think about kind of consolidating those, right? Absolutely. And if you have a renewal coming up in three or four months, so, you know, it's kind of perfect that we're talking about the fall housing market right now, because if you have a mortgage renewal coming up in September, October, November, December, now is the time when you need to plan for that. And especially you're in a very great spot right now to press the reset button and make sure that you're on track for whatever your financial independence is. And also it's a really pivotal time because as we kind of approach the last quarter of the year going into next year, you want to ensure that you have all your money working for you in the best possible manner because if there's an opportunity for you to ensure that, you know, you can get a tax refund by placing your savings in the proper place, you want it there. If there's an opportunity, of course, to not be paying higher interest rates than required on depreciating assets outside your mortgage or you want to do some home renovations, we should be planning those things three and six and nine months out to ensure that you accomplish your goals. And so it takes it takes us to take action today to make sure that those things happen. Great advice from Angela Calla. And you can go to AngelaCalla.ca, uh, the website, and you can read her blog. She has so much, so much great resource on her blog. And uh, we've been listing uh, the seven things that Angela thinks we should keep in mind 
for the BC uh, housing market this fall and uh, further down the list. The next one after interest rates is competition from expatriates. So these are uh, out-of-country buyers. They, they will continue, especially as the, the pandemic sort of slows down. They'll continue to want to live here, and that's going to prop up the demand. Number five, a new wave of renters and buyers entering the market. And that brings us to number six and seven of, uh, of your list. Now, number six, quality offers. Quality offers. What, what does that mean? Well, you know, people are, Canadians are continuing to increase their financial literacy. By listening to us today, I'm sure they've learned something. And education will help better their knowledge on planning and taking the proper steps towards their goals. And having clarity on those options will really aid in the maintenance of quality offers. You know, fortunately today, as I, as I talk with you today, Martin, when we're seeing offers come in, people are doing their due diligence. They're putting a subject period in. They're doing their inspections. They're ensuring that they have the time to review the best options and review the strata documents and confirm and allow the realtor to do all the necessary work with the governing bodies to make sure that the future plans of the neighborhood meets the demands of the family that they that is looking to live in the property. So when I say quality, I am very proud to say that, you know, people are doing due diligence today. And I do see that continuing along as people have learned that um, a frenzy is really no good for anybody. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that was a disturbing part of the the whole real estate frenzy during COVID was, you know, blind offers and then people just, you know, bidding wars. Uh, do, do you see that kind of sort of slowing down a little bit? Absolutely. We've seen that completely slow down. We haven't seen one, we haven't seen a multiple offer scenario in many months now. I'm very proud to say because it shows that people are doing due diligence and, and I've never understood the mentality of anybody who would want to be one of six or one of 12 offers on a place. To me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't contribute to bidding that up as a professional myself. So I'm glad to see that this is the general tone that Canadians have been taking on a, doing things in a diligent manner. Yeah. And I guess sometimes people, they just get excited and they feel like if everybody else wants it, that they have to have it. It's a good thing. And that's not always a good way to, especially to run your financial life. Um, Let's get to number seven. We're, we're going down the seven things to keep in mind for BC's fall housing market with Angela Kella. And your final one, which is interesting, optimism should remain high. It is. Uh, it's a top priority among many Canadians because home ownership stabilizes them financially and it secures the future of their equity. So working with the correct professionals, the right mortgage professionals, the right real estate agents, the right accountants, the right lawyers, these people will really ensure that you're prepared for the fall housing market and help you build and protect your wealth. Right. All great advice, all just just an excellent sort of overview of the fall housing market with Angela Calla. Angela is an accredited mortgage professional, uh, I'm learning to speak, and uh, she's the best-selling author of The Mortgage Code, and you can hear her tonight at 7 o'clock on CKNW. And you told a story uh, in our first segment about how you started saving for your first home when you were 15 years old, which I, yes. which I just think is so Angela, uh, very, <laughs> very cool. And, uh, 
let's talk about that. I mean, because there's a lot of people, especially young people, it must seem insurmountable because it's so so expensive. Yeah. But that's never going to change. It was insurmountable for my parents, you know, when we were around the dinner table and they were talking about when their parents bought. So I'll tell you something right now. It's never going to be easy. But you have the ability to define your own life. You are the author of your own story. And so if you know that time and compound interest is going to work in your benefit, then the moment you get your first job, you pay yourself first. I mean, what better advice uh, What better advice can you give yourself? I remember that I had, not only did I get that advice from my parents, but I was very fortunate and have so much admiration for our school teachers because my accounting teacher in grade nine taught me the same concept. And then when you're around people who you want to learn from and you want to save money and, and build and protect your wealth, everything lines up for you. And that's why For myself, uh, Martin, not only do we help our clients with this, but we help our clients' kids with this, and we look to teach financial literacy at any opportunity. Employers actually bring us into their organization to help their employees start to develop a plan for homeownership. So we help them plan how to start saving for a down payment by reviewing a budget for them and seeing if they have any high-interest debt that they need to review first and help them make their decisions. So they're making financially smart decisions um, and able to move forward with whatever's best for them. Well, I'm impressed that you had a teacher in grade nine because I, I, I don't think I really learned any sort of financial, personal financial literacy in high school, and it would have really helped me. And that's the one thing you mentioned, compound interest and being young, and especially with things like the interest tax-free savings account. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Young, young that's people... that's a political issue, too. That might be something that's being able to be contributed to a down payment in the future as well. Yeah, yeah. The Prime Minister Trudeau was talking about that. Um, and, and it's really important that young people understand that they have a real gift when they're really young because... A, a small amount of money now can turn into a large of, amount of money later on. It sure can. And I feel that the reason why I feel so passionate about that as well is my, my own journey. When I was starting out and I was, you know, trying to save $500 a month, <laughs> you know, when I was working part-time when I was going to school, it was hard to align myself with, you know, advisors that wanted to kind of take that on because it was kind of too small for them. And so actually finding the right people that cared about helping me get to where I want to go was a significant um, fact-finding journey and what made me so passionate to share that. And I've had the privilege of sharing that with employers that have brought us in to help their employees. Also, I've helped some of the hockey associations and gone on and, and taught some of the junior A hockey guys a little bit about, you know, what to do when you get your first paying job and, and how to pay yourself first and how to avoid buying depreciating assets before you buy the appreciating ones yeah. and how to look at debt and identify where they're spending because we live in a world, too, where it's so easy. You tap a card and it's gone and the money's gone. So how to work on a budget, how to review your bank statements, how to set up automatic transfers, how to utilize the services that are out there, such as tax-free savings accounts and RSPs. They're all really important things. And if we can make these things cool things to talk about at the dinner table and just start when we're a teenager, then you know that no matter what, when you're in your 20s, you're going to have a very 
solid financial footing. Right. And we've got about two minutes left. Uh, somebody's in their 20s. They they feel like they're far away from home ownership, but it's something they're dreaming about. What's the number one piece of advice you would give a, a young person who's thinking of, of getting into that world of buying their own home? Pay yourself first and don't buy a car until after you bought a home. <laughs> Interesting. That's that. I mean, that's a solid, solid piece of advice because I guess, and it depends where you live. I guess you can have a car or not have a car. Of course, I took the bus. I took the bus until I could afford to buy a car. But I was very fortunate. We lived right on the bus route, and my bus route was right on the way to school and right on the way to work. Wow. So, did you have other friends who were as into real estate as you, or were you just all on your own with that? When you were well, 15. you know, it's funny. I was all on my own with it, but I had older friends as a result because I had older friends that said, oh, I wish I was like you and saved money when I was young. And um, so, you know, and also in the place where I worked, uh, I worked with a lot of older people. I was quite young and quite uh, inspired to work hard and do as much as I could at, at that age. And, you know, if you are looking for people to align yourself with that have that same passion, you'll get to where you want to go. Just be honest about it. But I do let you know this. You are who you surround yourself with. So if you hang around with people who are negative and just spend money on all kinds of useless stuff, then careful. You don't want it to rub off on you. Not just financial advice, but life advice from Angela <laughs> Calla. Uh, she is, uh, of course, the host of The Mortgage Show uh, on uh, Saturday nights, which is tonight, 7 o'clock. You can hear, and The Mortgage Code is her book. Uh, always a pleasure. Thank you so much, Angela. Coming up, Jugmeet Singh talked about the high costs we pay for cell phones. And you would be amazed how expensive cell phones are here compared to other parts of the country. I'll tell you about that when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong. And a big thank you to Angela Calla. Uh, some great advice, uh, seven things to keep in mind for the housing market this fall. And uh, according to Angela, the market uh, should continue to steam right along. And on the campaign trail, Jugmeet Singh talked about uh, cell phones. He says uh, his plan would save the average family $1,000 a year on their cell phone and internet bills. And he points out that Justin Trudeau made that same promise in the 2019 election. And it's probably not news to you that uh, cell phone and internet costs are really expensive, but uh, they are among the highest in the world. The people making the profits will tell you it's because Canada is so big. There's lots of vast open spaces that are densely pop, not so densely populated. So it's spread out and that's more expensive to maintain the wireless networks. But... What about Australia? They have the same geographical concerns that we do. And let's compare. Australia's average monthly price for a cell phone plan, up to $37 less a month than one in Canada. And according to the Consumer website, we pay 170% more than Australians do for a typical cell phone plan and 20% more than Americans who also pay some of the highest fees in the world. So put it this way, according to a study last year, when it comes to data, uh, internet fees, um, the actual cost to refresh your Twitter feed using data is 20 cents in Canada. In Australia, it cost one cent. 
In Italy, it's about a half a cent to refresh your Twitter feed using data. How about downloading an hour of Netflix using data? In Canada, that cost is about $12.55. In Italy, it's about 43 cents. Since 2016, Bell, Rogers, and TELUS, colloquially called the Big Three, all launched unlimited data plans, though there are limits after a certain amount of data at the maximum speed, and then you go to a slower speed. So they're not totally unlimited. Plus, most of us are not on unlimited plans. Um, I always thought everybody else was, but whenever I ask anybody, they say, no, I'm not on an unlimited plan. It could become a big issue on the campaign trail. Affordability already is, especially the high cost of homes. But this is another affordability issue that hits pretty much all of us. So keep watching as uh, the prime ministerial candidates argue about the cell phone and internet prices that we pay and uh, we'll see see if that argument continues before the election and coming up it's uh, vancouver consumer uh, and i want to thank before we go i want to thank uh, our fo- our friends at sonapan they're the people who make the uh, big panels that make your home soundproof. And on a new build, you don't need to do the entire house. It's just a certain few walls. So it's not that expensive. So if you go to sonopan.com, you can find out where they have stores where you can go see these Sonopan panels. And they are everywhere. They're at Home Depots, Carisdale Lumber, a million places. And no doubt there is one near your home. And that is it for Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong. Thanks to Jonathan Chung, our producer. And stick around because the CKNW News is next. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.